0: To get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz, Buzz on, movies. on Movies. And the Oscar goes to Buzz on Movies. We should win Best Podcast. We absolutely should. If there was a category in the oscars uh welcome everyone to Buzz on movies i'm teddy i'm matt and we are your award-winning podcasters here to bring you the um our reactions to the oscar nominations which came out today um we definitely have a ton to say about them so (laughs) that's pretty much what we're all we're going to be talking about
1: yeah i'm pretty sure that's all we'll have to talk about i feel like we both have a lot of thoughts on pretty much every category if we if we were pressed but uh
0: (laughs) so we're recording this on the tuesday uh evening right after the nominations came out uh we watched the live stream this morning always quite an exciting event that is uh kind of anticlimactic but you know what it is it's a nice uh, break from being at work Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And um, so we've got some just some initial reactions to um, the nominees. The the most nominations went to uh, The Favorite and Roma, which both had 10. Uh, Those are pretty much across the board for those. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress, Supporting Actress, Original Screenplay, Cinematography. Yeah, they're all pretty much nominated for the same awards. Um, And so those definitely seem to be the frontrunners for um, Best Picture probably as well. Yeah,
1: Uh, that's pretty. Yeah, I would say they're definitely the frontrunners for Best Picture, at least in my humble opinion. They're the most worthy of Best Picture. So maybe that's why I'm saying that. But uh, yeah, those are both really deserving films, I think. So it's exciting to see them get a ton of nominations. I'm not sure I totally expected the favorite to.
0: Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I like the favorite quite a bit, obviously, and um, I think it's definitely uh, a step up for Yorgos Lanthimos in terms of uh, getting a little more uh, recognition from the academy and the um the film industry at large. But uh, I definitely didn't expect uh, this level of recognition for the movie, which uh, is yeah, still I... kind of unusual. You know? It is.
1: I guess it's just weird. I think a lot of Yorgasland, the most filmography, hasn't been as audience friendly as this one was. Admittedly, I think uh, it's a lot more palatable to a lot of people. Uh, arguably, right. although there are certain aspects to it that are not exactly like I don't know, like Academy friendly. It it does feature a lot of like queerness. There's a ton of like lesbian content, and then there's yeah. also um, you know it's a pretty dark message in the end but you know uh uh, so you know the academy usually goes for something a little different but it's exciting to see regardless um in the past he's been a lot bleaker and a lot more like violent especially uh, oh yeah the lobster or killing of a sacred deer uh, so
0: yeah i mean this definitely had uh, a lot of the same black humor but it didn't get to quite the same depths as something like uh killing of a sacred deer certainly
1: Right. So it, it does make sense in a way, I guess is what I'm trying to say, that this would be the one that gets him all of this recognition at the Oscars. But it's also strange because to me, it's not the most it's not the most like vivid depiction of like his vision that we've seen so far, I guess, really. You know, um, we've seen like these really like visceral, strange and bizarre movies. And this was a much tamer version in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, still maybe great, no. though. Yeah, it's still a great movie. And hopefully In one of my get, favorites of the year. Like, definitely, that's definitely. not
1: I'm not saying anything bad about it, but and
0: hopefully it gets other people to go check out uh, his other movies because they'll definitely be seeing a bit of a wider audience now. Yes. So, I mean, personally, that's what I think is my favorite part about the Oscars as a whole. I, I don't really I don't. I think you probably feel the same way. I don't really put that much stock in the results of the Oscars or who gets nominated. Um, at the end of the day, it is kind of a Hollywood popularity contest, but you know, it's still kind of fun to complain about who gets nominated and who wins because you get to talk about the movies that you like and um, maybe introduce people to those as well. And also, at the end of the day, the best part of the Oscars is the exposure it gives to movies that might not otherwise see as wide an audience. So um, it's good when something a little unusual gets in there and maybe gets a few more eyeballs watching that screen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I absolutely do agree with you. Um, it's hard for me to put much stock in any award shows. I think we talked about this on our Golden Globes emergency pod. Yeah. Um, but it. I do think that, you know, a lot of times it does come down to popularity contests and just sort of what has been part of this cultural zeitgeist. It's hard to see somebody nominating movies that just didn't make a huge splash and got everyone talking. Uh, if you look at the the rundown of Best Pictures, a lot of these movies were things that are the Best Picture nominations. A lot of these were movies that people talked about at various points throughout the year. They're all right. movies that didn't really surprise I mean, okay, I don't want to say they didn't surprise anyone that they got nominated, because that's not true. However, there are things that, like, it was all like, oh, well, yes, people know what that is. Like, nobody is going to look at this list and say, what was that movie? About any of them, I don't think. Um, Unless you just go see Mary Poppins Returns and that's it, you know? If you're one of those one movie a year people, maybe, but...
0: Yeah, I think more so than any other year recently, um, just about every film that was nominated for Best Picture is probably something that people have at least heard of. Like right. I can remember in past years, there have been there's usually like one or two that are a little more unusual that someone might not have heard of. Like uh, I can't remember which year it was, but a few years back when Amora was not nominated. Everybody was oh. like, "What?"
1: That was my was that? preferred movie of the year that year. I gotta say, a, and I'm still. This a great in. movie. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, really personally, I
0: film. I would have never watched it if it hadn't been for the Oscars. So,
1: oh, really? Right there. Yeah. Was this yeah. before or after your time at UVA? It must have been after. Yeah, this was after. Oh, okay. Because it was it was at the Virginia Film Festival, so that's oh, how, I, how I
0: saw it. Yeah. 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 God, I wish I could still go to the Virginia Film Festival. A bunch of the nominees this year were showing there.
1: Oh, we should. Uh, that should now be hard it. to see. I need to see we have a podcast film field trip.
0: Um, oh, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, but so yeah, so I definitely agree. In the past, there's always. I mean, I think sometimes part of it is like throwing a bone to certain like sects of the film world, and I think a more does sort of fill that that role of like throwing it to, throwing a bone to like this more like indie scene. Uh, I don't know if you want to use the word indie, but um, foreign I guess cinema and, sort of fits that yeah. this time, although. Roma got made headlines this year because of the the whole like theater versus no theater, Netflix dispute, all of that. So it's hard to call Roma like an unknown film.
0: <laughs> yeah. Roma is so interesting because it's it's a foreign film, it's in black and white. Um its preferred um screening format is 70 millimeter, and yet it's also a major release on Netflix, which millions of people have access to. So it's kind of like simultaneously niche and wide release, um, so it's yeah. a very unusual thing that Netflix has done here in putting a movie like this in front of the whole world. Um, but it's also
1: a hu- this is a huge deal for Netflix that Roma is leading the Oscar nominations just yeah. in pure count of nominations. Um, this is a huge like blow to everyone who has said Netflix is illegitimate, although it's not without its controversy this year. So it's still, you know, yeah. they'll still have their detractors no matter what.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've been fighting with um, a lot of the distributor, the theater chains over um, their policy of wanting to release films simultaneously on their streaming platform and in theaters, um, which is definitely something the theaters don't like. Um, so they've, had some uh, tussles with the theaters over that, but um they they're definitely announcing themselves in a big way with this film. Not that they haven't had films nominated for awards before, but this is like their big winner here. They they this is clearly a calculated effort to make themselves into like a legitimate player in the Oscars game and um, a studio to go alongside with the more traditional studios.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. So they're pretty excited if Roma is able to pull off a best picture win or anything like that. And I would say that Roma definitely has a shot at that. Um, There are some movies on the list that, you know, as always, there are movies on the list you sort of immediately know just are not winning best picture. Um, Roma is definitely not one of those. I would say it is one of the main contenders, um, maybe the top three. Uh, So yeah, they could really come away a big winner on Oscars night if they're lucky.
0: Yeah. And sort of related to this, I don't know if you heard this because um, there was talk about this earlier in the day, but it was just confirmed a, a few hours ago. Uh, Netflix has just joined the MPAA. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is, yeah, they're the first uh, non brick and mortar studio to join the MPAA um, to have a, basically a seat on the board deciding how movies get rated and uh, a bunch of other things, um, so they're they're really moving into trying to become a legitimate film studio, in a, a really
1: dominant force. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's good or bad for the rating system? Like, is Netflix going to say, "Hey, maybe gay content doesn't need to be automatically rated R"? Uh, that would be nice if that could happen oh. for a change. Um,
0: yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's intra It'll be interesting to see how that works because. You know, like they don't really care what their movies get rated. Um, They can show whatever they want on their own site. Um, right. Yeah, they haven't
1: cared, I guess.
0: Whereas if you're trying to show a movie in theaters, you have to you have to cut it down to a certain level that the theater is going to be willing to show it. They could put whatever they want on their site. So to a certain extent, they might not have the same sort of skin in the game ratings wise as the other studios but it really will be interesting to see how this influences the MPAA and the industry as a whole going on. Right. Uh, I think, yeah, I'm definitely definitely curious. Big changes ahead. There were several movies in the best picture category that we did not really think belong there. Uh, We definitely expected them to show up and indeed (laughs) they did, but We've been... Uh, there's some of these, especially, we've been really crying against for the past few months. Um, which yeah. is o- overall, it just seems like the best picture category is kind of weak this year. I yeah. mean just In terms of movies that really make you think, like, this is a, a masterpiece. This is definitely a strong contender for the best picture to come out this year.
1: Yeah, I think it's... <laughs> Yeah, I would say that it's one of the weaker, weaker sets we've seen. Um, I say that knowing full well that past years have also not been super strong. Um, right. There have been many that I've looked at and thought, well, none of those were my favorite movies of the year, really. Um, but this year, you know, I look at my top 10 list of the year and only only two of the Best Picture nominations um, are in my top 10. So, Wow, ah, yeah. Um, and I mean, that's not totally fair. I haven't, I didn't see all of them in 2018. So I, you know, I look at my list and it's purely what I saw in 2018. So like Roma might be, but I didn't see it in 2018. So right. that's hard for me to say,
0: but. Yeah. I mean, we both obviously don't think Bohemian Rhapsody belongs up there.
1: No, I think <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody does not belong. I don't think Green Book belongs. Um, I don't think Vice belongs. Mm-hmm. And I think that some of those, I feel like none of those should be controversial takes either. I feel like, I mean, even if you look at just like reviews, none of them got overwhelmingly positive reviews. It's really strange yeah. that they're there.
0: It is, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what what is it that the Academy likes so much about Bohemian Rhapsody that doesn't, uh, well, I mean, I guess it did well at the box office. So clearly some people like it. But, right, so
1: Bohemian Rhapsody resonated with audiences clearly. Um, right, but critics were critical of Bohemian Rhapsody; it was not a critical like runaway success. Um, yeah, and you can say the same of Green Book and and Vice. They were both they yielded some mixed reviews. Right, strange to see. I don't know. You just usually assume that movies that get Best Picture nominations are at least like really, really highly reviewed. Uh. Not always, obviously. And sometimes that's OK with me because um, <laughs> I obviously also don't think reviews mean everything. Mother was one of my favorite movies of its year and look at its reviews.
0: But <laughs> yeah, uh, very divisive, that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily begrudge a film its spot as a nominee so much as I do the fact that it takes away a spot from another film that could have been nominated. Um, it totally
1: depends on the movie. Some right. of them I do begrudge. I still begrudge <laughs> Crash a spot on the nominees list and then a win. So, yeah.
0: well the win is yeah, definitely the more difficult part of it to justify. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, like cuz there were some really solid movies this year that not only weren't nominated for best picture, but didn't get any nominations at all. Like I expected to see 8th Grade up there. Um,
1: that is they- really shocking to me.
0: Yeah, it, it got a lot of hype when it came out. Um, it was an audience favorite, a critic's favorite. Um, and not only did it not get the best picture, which I guess isn't the most surprising thing out there, but it didn't even get like a screenplay nomination or a best actress nomination, which I both thought it sort a de- decent chance of seeing.
1: I kind of thought the acting was a shoo-in, honestly. Yeah. Um.
0: How I often, mean, and yeah, how often do you get like a 13 year old uh giving a performance like that? It's quite unusual. And
1: yeah, I completely agree. I was really surprised that that she didn't get a nomination for eighth grade. I yeah, that's hard because I think a lot of the lead actress category is also pretty strong. Uh and I don't want to take anyone's nomination away. Um, although I think I've voiced my opinions on here maybe before about Glenn Close and the wife. Um I don't think that was a good movie. I don't like to see good movies nominated even in a category like acting just because it feels wrong. Right. Uh, but um, otherwise, like, I don't know who I'd want to take out of the lead actress nominees. So it's, it's hard yeah, for me to true. say, you know, like, oh, they deserved it when it's like, so do these other people that got it.
0: Uh, and that was a strong uh, category this year, definitely. Right. But...
1: Yeah, it's still it's still unreal to me that 8th grade got nothing. Um it had a good screenplay. It had a great lead performance. Even uh I thought the directing was pretty good. I mean, especially for a first timer. Um Yeah. So, yeah. I thought he did really well. Um So, yeah, nothing. That was sort of a bummer.
0: Yeah, I think the the biggest surprise for me in terms of uh stuff that i thought would get more nominations at least um was if beale street could talk um i thought that seemed like a definite nomination for best picture i mean it was nominated for the golden globe as well um and also for the cinematography it didn't get nominated there either and the cinematography for that was incredible um just some of the most lush, beautiful photography I've seen in a movie this year. Um, So it was surprising to see it not get nominated in those categories, but overall it just got very little recognition for a really good film that um, was made by a previous winner, the Barry Jenkins, who directed Moonlight. Um, So it's very interesting to see him getting pretty much shut out this time around.
1: I mean, maybe they're thinking he just received some recognition. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that that justifies it. I'm just trying to get into their mindset. Um, Because I agree. I think if Beale Street could talk, only receiving the nominations it did uh, was sort of a snub. I mean, it got some good nominations in big categories. Um, Something like Supporting Actress is a nice one to get.
0: Yeah. Adaptive screenplay, best score. And the score was really beautiful, too. Right. Um, But yeah still
1: i yeah i was really i kind of assumed that would just be a best picture nominee as well um so i definitely took it for granted i was really shocked that it didn't get the um best picture nominee nomination i should say right Um, that's a bummer i think um i mean there's always snubs every year but that one is a downer
0: yeah i mean it's but it's good it's worth talking about what gets looked over yeah because, yeah uh, and i
1: mean i think it's surprising what gets looked over every year um yeah you know um the the strange choices that they make i think if beale street could talk is one of the more more jarring ones to me
0: yeah because you know you can understand when the academy overlooks a horror film because it does that every year um <laughs> i was gonna say so, if under i don't know about that but understand- i understand
1: Expect it
0: yeah understand in the sense that we know the academy by now we know what they like um so when we see that happen we're like oh that's just the academy being themselves but uh, a movie like this you know it's their bread and butter it's yeah, a, a it drama really is. about a, a crucial social issue um at a time that it's very relevant um so yeah it's kind of surprising
1: yeah i absolutely agree with that i think that. What makes it shocking is that if Beale Street Could Talk isn't exactly like the strangest, most out there movie, so it was like they could have easily picked it. It seemed like it was like a a natural choice for them, right? I would, yeah. I don't understand that one. It's not yeah. like I mean, I have some some qualms with the lack of horror representation in the Best Picture <laughs> category this year, because oh, uh, absolutely, at, at least two horror movies are in my top ten of the year. So, you know.
0: Okay, let's let's get into that where (laughs) where was the academy lacking in terms of uh horror films this year uh well both hereditary
1: and suspiria deserve nominations for best picture uh hands down suspiria deserved nominations almost across the board if you if you really want to get into it i mean just i mean the direction was phenomenal the the movie itself was incredible the screenplay was great i mean it would have been i guess adapted screenplay because it was adapted from From the the original original yeah um and as an adapted screenplay it's really insane and really deserves some credit um just because of the way it completely plays with the first one and changes it up entirely um yeah
0: yeah it's a complete reimagining right uh best
1: i mean supporting actress It's hard to say because Tilda Swinton played like (laughs) a large chunk of
0: roles,
1: (laughs) but it's still like, it seems like she would have probably, they probably would have put her in supporting, but I think that lead would have been just fine. Um, but she absolutely deserved that. And then there's makeup just purely for what they did with Tilda Swinton playing an old man. I mean, they just like completely ignored it
0: absolutely i mean that that is one of the most insane makeup transformations we've ever seen on film and it didn't even get noticed let alone right. the win that's um, ridiculous
1: but, th- yeah. but they can they cannot i mean it's just crazy to me that they like have these qualms about suspiria or hereditary but they had no problem about the movie about the woman who falls in love with a fish man so like <laughs> like <laughs> i don't see where we draw the line here like
0: oh. And somebody was tweeting today is like, just a reminder that last year, the Fishman sex movie won best picture. (laughs) Oh boy. Sure Um, did. um, (laughs) So,
1: so yeah, I, you know, I think Suspiria is probably the more like, it's just like, it deserved so many
0: different nominations. Um, I do so many of the technical ones, you know, like best, uh, like art direction and the score was incredible. Um, so God, yeah. yeah, but then, guess,
1: mm. <laughs> then hereditary, hereditary, hereditary has the most obvious. I mean, one of the most obvious overlooked perfor- acting snubs of yeah. the year. I mean, Tony Collette far and away deserved it. The fact that Absolutely. Glenn Close got nominated for the wife over this is like unspeakable to me. Um,
0: no yeah, offense, Tony to <laughs> Collette was incredible in this, and like every horror fan has known this was coming for months basically that the academy would overlook her performance here i i loved really how whole the nominations
1: mundo. came out and there were like articles dropped
0: immediately tony Collette snub tony Collette snub <laughs> it was like these have been written for months <laughs> the think pieces were ready to go people were probably hoping that it would happen so they wouldn't have to trash their work um uh, yeah but that's that's been a long time coming uh definitely disappointing to see she really knocked it out of the park there, showing all the, the struggles of a mother going through grief and um, the stress of feeling like her family is falling apart. Um, yeah. it's, it's a real incredible performance. If you haven't seen it, um, even if you don't like horror or think you might be scared, you got to watch it for this performance. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, she really turns out an insane performance and
1: and that wolf brother turns out another incredible performance that totally deserved like a supporting nod i think oh yeah um like he was insanely good in this movie and it's often overlooked because tony collette is the clear clear acting winner here i mean there's no question about that but alex wolf turned in great work and proved that he really deserves to be a big star so like
0: yeah it, he's so good too and in just coming off of having done uh my friend uh my friend dalmer the year before Um right. and he did a great job
1: of that too um yeah so i think that both of those movies represent some major horror snubs i also think a quiet place only getting sound editing is really surreal to me um <laughs> a quiet place not only was a great horror film um it also captured the cultural zeitgeist in a huge way. I mean, think about how long we all talked about a quiet place. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was like all anyone could talk about. Like it was like over and over. And it, Hereditary did a similar thing, I think. But I think more people saw a quiet place just in general. Um, So like everybody I know talked about a quiet place and saw a quiet place. I know lots of people who didn't see Hereditary. They knew what it was, but they were scared of it. So they didn't go see it. Um, <laughs> but yeah. a quiet place. Was a huge cultural moment.
0: And, and it was actually you know, a crowd pleaser, too. You know, yeah. Like, appeal to people who didn't even normally like horror.
1: Right. So if we're going with the crowd pleaser angle for Bohemian Rhapsody, why can't a quiet place get that? Just because it's horror? I mean, it also was meaningful and had actual depth to its themes. Like, there was stuff going on there. So I don't know. Unlike Bohemian Rhapsody, which, by the way, was about as surface level as it gets. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like um, John Krasinski should have gotten the director nomination, possibly over Adam McKay. Um, yeah, that seems this like was not a, Adam McKay's oversight.
1: best direction. So, yeah,
0: and I like, like the I like Vice, but um, he does seem like a bit of a standout among those nominees.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, yeah, I agree. I'm looking at the list
1: of best director, and yeah, he's like the weakest link here, easily. Um, And that's not just because I didn't like the movie. It's just like direction wise. It's like, it didn't stand out as much as the rest of them. Um, But yeah, so I think horror suffered some, some major, major blows there and just some obvious oversights. I mean, it really, it really can't be overstated enough. The Tony Collette snub. She really,
0: really deserved this one. Right. Yeah. Well, horror can take it. We've been, uh, we've been facing these trials and tribulations for year after year. Uh, yeah, every once in a while we'll get our Sounds of the lambs or exorcist which will actually see a little recognition but uh most of the but time it's like i this.
1: really think hereditary should have been the one to also do that like yeah it's I really agree. i feel like hereditary was regularly talked about as the best horror movie in years and i think rightfully so it's not like that doesn't mean it's like my personal favorite in like the past like decade but it's like it's one of the best one of the most like Important and significant horror movies and like recent memory, like
0: yeah, and it has it, aspects that should appeal to people outside the genre as well, right,
1: and it also like it horrified people in the right ways, like and like everybody who saw it, you know, it wasn't just like like a lot of horror is very like niche these days, like it's like, oh, I don't like bloody horror, so I don't like that, I don't like ghost stories because they don't scare me, so I don't like that, so it's you know but this appealed to everybody,
0: so yeah. I mean, at the root of it, it's like a family drama, despite all the horror elements. And um, I think that's something a lot of people could probably relate to. Absolutely. Uh, And, you know, about grief and um, losing loved ones. Yeah. That's certainly relevant. Um, And I'm sick of hearing about how, you know, it's too scary. So no one wants to go see it. Like, The Exorcist got nominated. The Exorcist won awards. And that's one of the scariest horror movies of all time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, come on. Get over it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that makes me crazy. It's, yeah. So both of those, um, I mean, they were both in my top five of the year. And seeing them not get nominated. And both of those being Hereditary and Suspiria. A Quiet Place is not in my top five of the year. Gotta say. Right. But um, yeah. I do think it deserves... I'm just saying I wouldn't have been shocked to see it get more love. And I think it deserved some love over some of the movies that got it um i do think that sound editing was a good place for it but you know There was yeah. also sound mixing it could have gotten sound mixing but um yeah I mean, although if we just... want to talk snubs and technical categories i gotta say mission impossible fallout getting zero recognition will that, haunt me damn.
0: yeah i mean those the day I, I die those are the sort of categories where you can actually let a film like mission impossible Get some recognition for all that it accomplishes. And, yeah, and it, it no has nothing.
1: astounding visual effects and sound editing, I would say. So the fact that it didn't get it is a lot. Um, yeah. Because that, that's what a movie like that does best. So that's, I mean, it does other things really well too, but we don't need to talk about why the Academy also doesn't like real action movies. So, um,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, Mad Max got a little recognition a few years ago that was surprising but yeah it did
1: i mean it's not that action movies can't get recognition sometimes mad max got it um we got it with uh one of the star wars i mean star wars in general has gotten it which is sort of an action movie um
0: yeah
1: um we saw return of the king (laughs) (laughs) although really like the lowest of the three lord of the rings movies and i say that as somebody who loves all three of them like dearly um
0: it was kind of like the academies finally woke up and was like, we got to do something to recognize this incredible trilogy. That's just come together.
1: Yeah. We just clearly missed the best mo- movie of the trilogy, <laughs> the two towers, which was like yeah. far and away. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, so, but, uh, yeah. So occasionally that happens. It's more than horror at least, but mission impossible. Fallout is like a pure, like action spy thriller and the academy doesn't go for that. So, um, but that's okay. It's pure spectacle. That's fine. Instead, mm-hmm. we'll give it, you know, I don't know. But um, yeah, so I think that was a problem for me with the technical categories. Um, I do think having just seen First Reformed today after the nominations, I got to say Ethan Hawke is one of the biggest snubs in the acting category. Right. I mean, he's astounding in First Reformed. It's insane. Yeah.
0: And I haven't seen that one yet, but I did know his performance was supposed to be great. And he's seen a lot of nominations in other uh, award shows for this year. So in a way, his is probably the biggest surprise um, in terms of typically, you know, the other award shows sort of predict the nominations for the Oscars. So it's kind of a shock when someone gets all kinds of nominations and then doesn't get the nomination for um, the Academy Award right so, yeah in a way his is probably the biggest shock in terms of acting nominations
1: yeah I just can't believe he didn't get it over like Viggo Mortensen, Mortensen for a green book I mean even Rami Malek I again I know we've talked about it Rami Malek was great but it's just not a good movie so like why are we giving him a, a nod there however it turns out the academy thinks it's a good movie so what do I know
0: well okay. I feel like a, a good original acting role should always trump A celebrity impersonation but and like a very very much an impersonation i mean (laughs) it's a good one certainly but it yeah it's it's an impression and uh the academy clearly does not feel the same way they often very often give awards uh not just nominations but full-on awards for um just playing real people they they seem to prefer that actually um (laughs) so I mean, it's interesting when an actor can do that, but when all you're doing is like watching old videos of someone and then imitating them, I think that's a little less impressive than coming up with a character all on your own and their mannerisms, their way of speaking and giving them life through your acting. Right. That's always more impressive.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think it's ridiculous um, how much they seem to value that over just, like, original performances. Um, and First Reformed, Ethan Hawke, really gives an insanely good original performance. It's a—I mean, it's a great film in general. Um, the fact that it only got Best Screenplay doesn't really shock me, but it is, like, kind of disappointing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he was particularly great and really deserved a Lead Actor nomination here um instead Viggo Mortensen and Rami Malek and even I mean he should have even beaten Bradley Cooper for it but whatever
0: um, yeah I mean again I like Bradley Cooper but um I mean yeah. in general
1: I have a thing with a stars born like I liked it but it's not like it didn't like blow my mind so it's like yeah hey okay. like
0: <laughs> that's pretty much how I feel about it so again like that's another one where I see it on the best picture list I'm like really like it was good so should I do I think it should have a shot of being the best picture of the year? Like, no.
1: <laughs> no. And I I mean, until the Golden Globes snub, as some would call it, I would say it was like the top contender, though now I'm not so sure.
0: Right. So, um, Oh, God. Can you imagine if we get Bohemian Rhapsody winning the Oscars? Well, <laughs> I don't think I would watch the Oscars for a few
1: years. Yeah, <laughs> that would just you be like the again. final straw. That's like crash it. all over again. Don't like, you do it? You know you need our viewership, <laughs> us specifically. Yes. Um, um but yeah, that's I gotta mean, be yeah. That would be terrible. That's like the worst possible outcome from that list of best picture nominees. I think
0: it is the one the the well, fear is we bad. dare not speak its name that is going around uh, the film community or. More likely, the film fan community at the moment. I really can't believe it got a nomination for Best Picture. Uh, I mean, I can. I just I think it's awful.
1: <laughs> well,
0: yeah. Not that the. I, I mean, mean, do I they think can...
1: they're like nodding towards like gay rights and queerdom or whatever by nominating the Freddie Mercury movie? Because they're not. Like, it's, I'm really
0: it's... worried that that is what they're doing. That, I feel that, like that's probably what they're thinking. They think they're being inclusive but that's like the worst way to be inclusive
1: yeah because it like is messed up i feel like the same is happening with green room but it turns out that like maybe that's like the wrong way to go altogether that's really
0: the wrong way to go and especially in a year when there were so many great movies about race relations absolutely um, for that one to be the one that they're holding forth as the standard bearer is uh pretty messed up right I mean, yeah,
1: they had many, they definitely had so many options there. I don't know if they had quite as many options on like queer, queer things, but um, they had some for sure. Yeah.
0: So. The favorite is sort of a queer movie. Um, That's true. It is. Much. I mean, like not that queerness really existed in the same way at the time as it does now, right, but no. uh, it does touch on some of the same subjects. Sure. Um, yeah, I agree with but- that. But, yeah, other than that, I mean, we've just got Bohemian Rhapsody, (laughs) which is the worst possible look at it. So thanks for that. (laughs) Uh.
1: (laughs) Thanks, I hate it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so that's kind of uh, frustrating. Um, But what can you do? Yeah. That's the Academy.
0: Uh, I feel like the... Original screenplay category is sort of like the last bastion for original films getting recognized by the Academy. Um, That's usually where they'll throw a couple nods to a more unusual movie that would never see the top of the best picture list for reasons of the Academy's taste. Right. Um, But even this year, like some of the not like Green Book got nominated for Best Original Screenplay. Right. Uh like vice again, even though I liked it, like there there are all these movies that are already getting the best picture nomination. This is the place to give something like, um, sorry to bother you or, um, blind spotting some recognition. Wouldn't that um, be nice? Yeah. I really. also
1: over, I feel like the screenplay categories are interesting because original screenplay just means it's not based on a previously written material, I guess. Right, but three of our original screenplay nominees are just based off of history,
0: so like yeah. And I was I was pretty sure that Vice was actually based on a book as well. No, it's not. It's, it's just, just original. It, yeah, okay. it's just
1: history is the which is another reason that I had issues with Vice because I was like I was like why are we even bothering? Like we don't know anything about this stuff. Like right. Um, I think I brought it up in our episode. Like we don't know that any of these conversations with his wife happened because based on nothing, there's political
0: fan fiction.
1: Yeah. So vice was like that. And I mean, I mean, the favorite is similar. Like there's no real, like, I don't know how much historical basis there was, but these people were real. And a lot of these interactions, we know that some of that did happen. Like,
0: yeah, the favorite is like kind of a camped up version of real events. Right. Sort of. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, out of those five nominees for original screenplay, only one of them is not nominated for Best Picture for First Reformed. Right. So that's really like the only spot they gave in original screenplay to like shout out a movie that was getting under recognized. Right. I'd also um, like to
1: point out that they gave an original screenplay nod to Green Book. Which has been like, I mean, the family of Don Shirley is not happy with Green Book and its depiction of him. So it just feels like particularly like gross to give that a nomination for best original screenplay.
0: Like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, (laughs) they said that like Don Shirley didn't want him to make the movie and that he'd approached him before he, before Shirley died and he'd refused to give his permission and now they just made it anyway yeah and and so like
1: then giving like green book any love but especially uh, the writing which seems to really contradict some things about don shirley that the family has pointed out were wrong is particularly like insidious like don't do that that's like like, come on yeah listen to the wishes of this man and his family like
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um on a somewhat related note, this is going to be like a huge tangent here, but right. um, the the mother of James Bulger, who was a, a small child who was murdered in in the 90s, um, uh, has uh, decried the movie Detainment, which was just nominated for the best live action short. Um, and which is based on um, that murder case. Mm-hmm. Um, she basically says like she doesn't she's disgusted and upset that they've nominated this movie, that they're giving it more attention and basically um, calling more attention to uh, the murder and um, basically bring, dragging this up in their life again.
1: Right. Um, Oof, that's rough. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so was she, this was after the nomination?
0: Yeah. And okay. apparently, I, I mean, apparently she's complained to the filmmakers before as well. And they just um, didn't listen? But the, nom- yeah, the the, nom- the nomination just, uh, you know, make, really raises the profile of uh, a short like this. I feel like you should definitely respect um, the family's wishes in something like this. I mean, with the murdered child, like that seems... Very, yeah. that, like that that that'll scar you for life, and right, don't wanna be dragging that up uh in someone's life again, right, but um, we'll see I mean that hopefully this doesn't um cause any more pain for the family,
1: yeah, I mean, I hope not, but I mean it already hurts if you've been if you've requested you know <laughs> this not yeah. to happen, and then it was, so definitely.
0: But uh, yeah, speaking of the shorts, um, those are always one of my favorite parts of the, um, the whole Oscars process. Um, There's something that doesn't really get a lot of attention, uh, even within the nominations, but especially like they're basically the best way for any short filmmakers to get any sort of recognition at all. Um, and that's what i really like about it is it's a chance to see these like movies mostly by first-time directors even um who aren't getting like any sort of recognition this is sort of like their first way of getting um an audience a wider audience to look at their films um, right so yeah i'm I love, looking forward to that
1: i really love the the shorts every year it's uh one of the most fun parts of like the the post nominations, pre ceremony, like rush to see everything you, uh, try to find the shorts programs everywhere you can. Um, so yeah, it's awesome. I'm really excited to to catch all of those.
0: Yeah. And there's, um, the company shorts.tv, which is also their website. Um, they put on sc- screening programs of these shorts, um, various places around the country. They're sort of um, they're not as widely spread as um, the bigger Best Picture type nominees, but they're out there. Um, so definitely, if you're at all interested in this sort of thing, go give it a look. Um, see where they're showing near you, because I always have a lot of fun doing that. There's the animation, the live action, and the documentary shorts. Um, Documentaries is a little harder to find, and they're usually broken up into two different programs so it's kind of hard to see all of them but Yeah cuz I
1: mean they're long.
0: Yeah, they are. Um some of them are like 30 to 60 minutes. But I saw all the shorts last year and uh in theaters actually for the first time ever and it was quite nice. a good time. Yeah. I always I've been seeing the animated ones for years like even before I started trying to see like every nominee. Right. I would go see the animated shorts probably for like almost 10 years now. Oh wow. Every year. Yeah, like even back in like high school. Yeah, I can't them.
1: say that I have done that. I mean, I yeah. definitely do see them all now, but yeah, that was like a more recent development in my life, like you know, within the past 5 years. But well, that's not totally true. Sometimes at uh the Virginia Film Festival, but that was always by accident. I didn't know that they would then be nominated. <laughs> yeah.
0: The animated shorts are always the most fun cuz they're generally at least some of them are pretty lighthearted um and they're always um it's always fun to see the different styles of animation because you sort of get you know you get five different animated films back to back and they're generally all in very different styles um yeah i feel
1: like the academy like that's intentional mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) you'll get like a pixar short and then like a really heavily stylized hand-drawn one, and then like a stop motion one. It's very interesting. And um, since the animated ones tend to be a little shorter, when they show them in the theaters, they usually pad them out with a couple extra films that that were really good that didn't quite get the nomination. So you get to see a couple extra ones that way that you wouldn't see otherwise.
1: Yeah, that's always really fun. I really appreciate that. I really do. Li- I do like going to the animated shorts programs. They're really fun. It's a good time. Yeah, I will be looking forward to this one because I've only seen one of them so far. So,
0: yeah, same. We've both seen Bow. I think um, most people have seen Bow. a good start if you, uh, if you go see movies. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a lot more to go.
1: Yes, that's the only short I've seen at all: live action, documentary, or or animated.
0: Yeah, same. It's going to be hard for me to see the documentaries this year because I don't think the theater that I usually go to is showing them this year. Does your local
1: Alamo not get them? No,
0: they don't get any of the shorts.
1: Oh, wow. okay. so the Alamo in Brooklyn does.
0: Yeah. The one out in Winchester, I think, shows the shorts, but that's a little far for me. That's crazy that that's the one that shows them all. Yeah. I don't know why. That makes um, no
1: sense to me, but whatever.
0: Well, that one gets a lot more niche programming. The one, the Alamo near here, um, shows a lot more mainstream kind of stuff.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, we're I mean, getting. I'm looking through our Alamo. We are getting Roma in 70 millimeter. Oh, sweet. So I might try to see that. We're also getting Shoplifters.
0: Is that at the Brooklyn or the uh, Brooklyn?
1: Manhattan, Manhattan okay. hasn't opened
0: yet. Oh, okay. Because I heard they were tr- they were trying to get the 70 millimeter one to show in Manhattan. And they had some sort of go. um disagreement there. But maybe I was wrong. It's about only that.
1: one time a day. Right. Um. But they're all like not sold out yet. Like none of them have heavily sold, which is really shocking to me.
0: That's good. Yeah, it's um, good
1: for me, but
0: <laughs> there's only one theater around here that's showing it and they don't have it in 70 millimeter. Um But we do have a theater that's showing shoplifters too. I gotta try to see that before it leaves.
1: Yeah, I want to do that as well. I'm going to have to, because otherwise I won't know where I'll see it.
0: Yeah. So we could probably get into our whole Oscars race um, bit here. Um, We all know about the Oscars race, wherein different films are competing to get the award. But we have our own personal Oscars race, wherein we race to see all the movies before uh, the ceremony. And uh, last year I was actually able to see every movie that was nominated in every category. Um, Lucky you. Yeah. It is hard to do uh, because you got to see all the shorts. You got to see the documentaries and the foreign films, which are usually kind of hard to find. Um, And then that's in addition to, you know, every different category for, you know, something might be nominated in one award for like makeup or something but you still have to go see that one. Um, right.
1: Or best well, song.
0: Yeah, the best song nominees, um they can they get some pretty interesting nominees for those um which wouldn't get a lot of other recognition. Um but it is always pretty fun to do. Um it's looking yeah, I, like I I have fun. <laughs> yeah. It's looking like I'm about on track um the same place i was last year in terms of how many i still have to see okay Um, good yeah i've got um i've got 19 more features to see and 15 shorts okay Um, great so um that was the same as last year i managed to pull it off last year we'll see if i can do it this year yeah
1: i have 14 shorts to see because i've seen one of them and then so 16 features Or a total of 30.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's not always the quantity that's the hardest part. It's, like, getting the really weird ones that aren't necessarily showing everywhere.
1: Like, I know I'll easily knock out those four... Well, I'll see all of the shorts again, because I'll see Bao again. But I know I'll knock out all of them. And that's technically, numerically, that's half. But some of those movies that I haven't seen are going to be hard to see now. So.
0: Yeah, like, some of these I know are going to be widely available. Ah, widely available. Um, Like Christopher Robin or First Man, stuff like that, are going to be pretty easy to find. Um, Green Book is still in theaters. I haven't seen that one. Yeah.
1: Well, I was just going to say, the fortunate part for me is that I live in New York, so a lot of these movies make a second run right yeah. after the Oscar nominations around here. It's very nice. So um, I can usually find them.
0: Unfortunately, we don't really get that. I mean, they are... Um, the Landmark theaters sort of show this sort of stuff um from like November through the Oscars, so some of that stuff is still around, like uh Roma is showing I know Capernaum is showing at the Bethesda Row theater um free solo is still showing around here um yeah, shoplifters. But there's some of these that are just going to be really tough to find. Um, Border is not showing anywhere anymore. Yeah, and it's I can't. not available I can't online yet. Uh, hopefully, it it looks like I found somewhere that said that it would be out on home release on the 26th of February. Uh, okay, which would be right after the Oscars. <laughs> that would be not, annoying. Not great but timing. That's also hopefully, intentional, probably. Yeah, hopefully, I'm able to find a way to watch it before then. Um, I like to re- resort to legal methods only to watch all these movies because you know, these are movies that don't. So, a lot of these, a lot of the harder to find ones are also the ones that need the most support. You know, these I was gonna say, I want to give my money too. to, yeah, please give me a way to pay for your film, I'll do it. Um, but yeah, um, and I'll have to find some way to watch the documentary shorts. But usually, a lot of those are available online. At least last year, like half of them were on Netflix. You could just come to New York for a weekend. <laughs> yeah, let's just do that. We'll do Hit a. Get up
1: the Alamo documentary shorts feature. It's really hard because you get really sad.
0: But oh, yeah. well, <laughs> watch them
1: brutal last year. Like they, re- they, they usually are really sad. I mean, I will just, just in yeah. general. They're not positive uplifting shorts. And when they are, it never feels as like, like it feels like the other ones were the the good ones, you know,
0: like, Mm -hmm. so yeah, that's probably why those get the nominations. Hale County this morning, this evening is showing at the Alamo Winchester for one screening only on the 3rd of February. Uh, I can't
1: believe it's only the Winchester one for you. That is wild
0: yeah because we, yeah. we have all so we have like
1: all of those like we have Hale county we, oh. like stuff like that um
0: i might have to come up for a cram session or something yeah yeah um, come on up we got we'll space see. yeah but yeah the winchester gets so much better programming it's kind of disappointing um it's, it's I such love a weird the, place i mean i've been there yeah. i love the loud alamo um, and they do have some great stuff the film club is great they show a different movie every week. And it's usually something pretty unusual. Um, but yeah, but they you don't, don't have like, it. like
1: we do terror Tuesday here in yeah. Brooklyn.
0: Yeah. yeah. We don't get that. There's a lot of like the specialty kind of Alamo programming. We don't really get around here, um, which is disappointing, but we'll see. I have to find a way. The biggest obstacle for me right now, in terms of what I've, I've laid out everything in this spreadsheet. Um, I've got the home release dates. For some of these, I've got what what theaters it's available in for the ones that are still in there. The one I still have just no idea how I'm going to watch is uh, *Mirai*, the animated film. Um, Yeah, I've just got nothing for that. That came out um, in November for a very limited run. I think it was around for like two weeks. And uh, then it left theaters. It is not coming back. And the home release is months away. So. Kind of stuck on that one. Gonna have to figure. I've that got
1: out. in Brooklyn, New York, Tuesday, January twenty ninth, syndicated bar theater kitchen on Bogart <laughs> Street, a twenty one thirty showing of Mirai. Oh, nice. So I'm gonna go ahead and buy my ticket now. This is at a bar and restaurant. I don't know how this is all gonna work. <laughs> They're also showing Suspiria at this restaurant, which I oh, gotta man. say, not what I want to watch while eating. <laughs> um, well, I did. Yeah. I, oh my gosh, Teddy, you need to come up and we have to go to this place. I've never heard of it, but it looks really cool. I'll send you some photos, but uh, it's like a bar and like it's a sit, like they have a yeah, a sit down. Yeah. It looks really cool. I, yeah. Whoa. I can't believe I've never heard of this. Um, I'm really mad.
0: Yeah. This um, sounds right up your alley
1: it's called a pub. like that's its official category but it also shows movies so this is great like you're gonna give me good food but also just show movies that i want to see yeah so anyway this place looks insane so yeah uh but yeah they're gonna be showing mirai so i know how i'm seeing that just so you know sorry nice
0: very nice yeah <laughs> um so yeah i guess my strategy this year is um pretty similar to last year i'm gonna try to Knock out all the ones that are in theaters as quickly as I can before they leave. Um, okay, then, um, usually towards the end, I end up watching most of the foreign and documentaries because those tend to come out a little later once they've been through the nomination cycle. I think, um, the oh, they're showing all the
1: shorts. Okay, continue.
0: Sorry, (laughs) I think the distributor, I think the distributors generally wait to see who's going to get the nominations and then release those films. Um, So hopefully more of these screenings will start to pop up, but who knows? Uh, The AFI around here is showing a lot of these films, but a good chunk of them are going to be in March after the ceremony, which is kind of disappointing. Um, They're a fantastic theater, definitely one of the better in the area, but um, not always the most convenient for this particular project. Um, but yeah. I mean it's always just a. It's a, very much an organizational challenge. As much as everything else. You have to pace yourself well. Because otherwise you end up. With a bunch of movies to watch in the last week. Even, yeah I try to see like. Yeah I have to like really block it out. Early
1: in advance. So I know how many I have to watch like per week.
0: Yeah. Even last year when I was. Pretty good about it and like saw a bunch of stuff ahead of time, I ended up watching like four movies on video on demand, like the last night before the ceremony.
1: I distinctly recall that.
0: Yeah. I was like, um, yeah, I watched like two the night before and like two, I got up early the next morning and watched two more. I was like watching Marshall, like trying to stay awake at like 2 (laughs) PM before the ceremony. (laughs) Um that's so yeah. difficult <laughs> of all the movies. <laughs> it was definitely an interesting experience. But that that was the one that got me to the finish line. Um hoping to make it again. There's all sorts of strategies you gotta do. You gotta know where to look for um you gotta know which theaters generally tend to show this kind of stuff. You gotta look at shorts.tv to see where they're gonna be showing the shorts. You gotta Definitely got to like have a spreadsheet to keep track of where all this stuff is available because there's a lot of information you got to digest. Right. If there's anyone out there with the ability to do this and you've wanted to try, but haven't quite got up the urge to do it, I say, go for it. It's a lot of fun. You end up absolutely movies. You wouldn't otherwise.
1: You should totally do it. It's a blast. It's really fun to try. And just so we all know, I just bought my ticket to Marais. Um, Very nice. I'm going on Wednesday and it's at 7 p.m. So I'm very excited. Uh, I'm very this is jealous. great. I wouldn't even have, like, if you hadn't just mentioned it, I wouldn't even have Googled it. And then I Googled it and I found a Showtime next week. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. Very nice. Yeah. This is great. All right. Well, you'll have to let me know how that goes. Um, well. And I'll keep looking for a place where I can watch it. You'll find one. It'll show like somewhere random. will
1: like randomly have it because of the nomination.
0: Yeah. I, which was the one, there was one last year that I was really worried about. It was also, it was the same sort of thing. It was an animated movie from a foreign country, which is, which seems to be a very bad combination in terms of having, it's hard to find them. If you can't find it in theaters,
1: then you really
0: can't like, you're never
1: going to find it.
0: Yeah. So last year it was the breadwinner uh, that was the one that was giving me trouble. And then it showed up on um, either video on demand or on like one of the streaming platforms, like two weeks before the ceremony, just very right. unexpectedly. Um, but Although yeah, it's
1: just, it's just hit me that your name wasn't nominated for an animated picture award. Oh yeah. Year. That saw a bit of massive snub at the
0: time. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've got to keep watching the streaming platforms for this stuff popping up because sometimes it does, um, the subreddit Oscars death race is very helpful. It's a lot oh, of, yeah. uh, like-minded individuals over there compiling this sort of information, um, that is very valuable in this time. But yeah, we're, we've are we got an exciting month ahead of us. We're going to both be trying to see as much of this stuff as we can, and we'll definitely be talking about it more along yeah, the way.
1: Probably recapping our efforts most weeks, because
0: <laughs> it's always be fun. Long there'll be a lot of <laughs> lot to talk about. I mean, you got to you got to go to all sorts of weird theaters that you wouldn't go to otherwise. But that's kind
1: of one of the best parts. Like last year I never would have discovered the Quad Cinema here in New York if I hadn't been looking for all of those like best documentary pictures that were showing at like random theaters because, you know, something like Places Faces or whatever was only showing at these really one-off theaters.
0: Right. So. Yeah. And it is like it is surprising when you see, like, this small theater that's showing a movie that nobody else is showing. Uh, like last year, I had to go to the Avalon Theater, which is up in um Northwest DC, and it's like an old, it's a restored old theater, and they show um a lot of independent cinema. Last year, I, I went there to see uh, Loving Vincent and Loveless, which were both pretty much impossible to find anywhere else in the city um and it was the first time i'd been there pretty much i think it was the first time i'd ever been there and it was a cool theater i Great. got to experience that new theater and see some movies that i wouldn't get a chance to see otherwise so it was yeah. cool
1: that's one of my favorite parts you know um is just like finding new places that you never would have gone you know something like i just found this random bar and kitchen that i never would have heard of um yeah. So Sounds that's cool. super cool. Um, uh, Just as a shameless plug for them, the ticket was $7, my movie ticket. Damn. Nice. That's that's $10 cheaper than your average 7 p.m. ticket in New York wow. City. So I got to say, like, <laughs> I will say it's like out in Bushwick, which is really far for me, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, still, it's worth it. So, yeah, it's like super cool. Like you get to find all of these new experiences. You see a lot of movies that you maybe never would think about. Um, or would have heard of, I should say. Um, Cause if you, I'm sure I trust that if you had the chance, everyone would have thought of all of these movies, but you can't always hear about them. So.
0: Yeah. I mean that, that I think is the best part of the whole Oscar ceremony. Even if it does leave off a lot of movies that we'd like to see nominated, it raises the profile of a lot of great films and gives us sort of a watch list for the next month. And, um <gasps> I mean, if we complain oh, yes.
1: okay. I just found out it's near Grim, Artisanal Ales. It's near a Ooh, Brewery. That so nice. <laughs> um, nice pregame there. I'm just having a great I'm having a great Wednesday next week. I'm
0: already excited. <laughs> um, looking forward to it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um but yeah, I mean if we complain a bit about the nominations, it's only because there's a lot of great movies we saw this year that we'd like to see get a little more recognition and that sure. we'd like to see people watch more.
1: Also because crap like Bohemian Rhapsody doesn't deserve to be nominated. But <laughs> Yeah, however. that too. Yeah, <laughs> You can have the positive outlook, and I'll have the negative outlook, and it's fine. Um,
0: well, it's all together. Um, so with that in mind, uh, were there any other um, thoughts you had on the nominations before we close out? Uh, nope, but Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse
1: better win Best Animated Picture.
0: Oh, yeah. That's Very my Very glad final. to see that in there.
1: Yeah. It also should have been nominated for Best Picture, but uh, whatever.
0: Um, that would have been cool.
1: Would have been a perfect time to to pick an animated for a Best Picture nomination. I know it wouldn't have won, but... Yeah, you don't really get to see that. But, man, I really do hope
0: it wins. I mean... It
1: will. I don't think there's any... I can't see anything else beating it. I honestly can't.
0: Yeah. I, the only one I haven't seen, obviously, is Mirai. Right, that's Um, true. Yeah, I can't say. So, I mean, that could be incredible. But I've seen the other ones, and they're all good. But, like, nothing is as groundbreaking or original as the Spider-Man movie. Absolutely. Um, I definitely think that that is just what animated film is about. is like, just pushing the medium to the next level, uh, doing something different with it. And they really did with that. I think they definitely deserve to win.
1: Yeah, I mean animation is like the one place where it gives you the free reign to do just about anything you can imagine. And most of the time it's so like straightforward and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse did something really cool and exciting. So
0: yeah, but you don't know. see it. Um, yeah. I had a couple personal favorites that got left out of the best documentary race. Um, the one that everyone was talking about was uh, won't you be my neighbor. Sure. The Mr. Rogers movie, which got a lot of attention this year. It's fantastic. Definitely it really should have been nominated. But some people pointed out this, that um, in the in the years where there's like a big popular documentary that everyone is talking about, that one does tend to get snubbed a lot of the time, uh, which is kind of an interesting effect. I think. That's really wild. I wonder if it's because... Like the people voting for the documentaries just assume that that one's gonna get in, and so don't vote for it. And are trying to nominate a more obscure film, but or maybe they but that just doesn't make hate any sense idea. to me. Maybe they just hate the idea of something popular getting in. I don't know.
1: But why um, so much for documentaries? Because there are a lot of times where best picture nominees are pretty much exactly what we expect.
0: Often, yeah. Well, is. Uh, So I don't know this. Do you know if the because some of the categories you're restricted to if you work in that field? Like, yeah, it's possible
1: the the documentary is. Yeah, that's so. Is it
0: only documentarians that are voting on the documentary features? Because if so, that would kind of explain why it works differently.
1: But that also Um... seems surprising to me if it is, because I feel like best documentary feature is like one of the not one of the big categories, but it's like a primary, like just like the standard documentary you know it's not sound mixing like yeah where it's like yeah. a lot of your average moviegoers don't even pay attention
0: yeah i mean most people can probably identify a good documentary from a bad one if they're right. watching them if they actually care to watch one um but i mean i like the documentary category in general just because it raises the profile of a lot of documentaries and in general, in general you know people watch documentaries a bit more now than they used to i think with like netflix and stuff like that oh yeah Um, for sure but there's something great about actually going to see a documentary in the theater as well and um this is just another way for more documentaries to get more attention right Um, Free Solo should be pretty interesting. I've heard that's really visually stunning. And it's still showing in a couple theaters around here. So I'm very excited for that one. Yeah, I'm Um, supposed
1: to see it tomorrow, actually. So
0: I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to um, be great. Unfortunately, it's not showing in IMAX around here. Because that, I heard, is incredible.
1: Yeah, I would really appreciate that. It's showing at one of the AMCs here. So
0: yeah. Um another one that I really liked this year that um didn't get nominated was Three Identical Strangers. Oh yeah. That was a I surprising didn't... surprising
1: yeah. gloss glance over. I don't know what I'm trying also to
0: say. Also a good one, probably not definitely not as popular as Won't You Be My Neighbor, but certainly a bit I mean, it was a tough category this year. I've heard like all I've heard good things about all of these documentaries, but um three identical strangers is really amazing it's just such a shocking incredible true story and um if you have a chance to check it out definitely go see it it is um it 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 blew away my expectations certainly
1: right i do want to see it. i never got around to seeing three identical strangers i saw that trailer like maybe 25 times in one month, but yeah,
0: it was playing a lot, uh, definitely. And then it, it sort of came out and it left theaters pretty quickly. It tends to be the case with documentaries, um, it, it tends to be like you go see it when it comes out and then it's gone. Um, but yeah, uh, it's probably on video on demand by now.
1: I think it is. Yeah, I think I, I saw an ad for it the other day actually on On Demand. Um, it might be that it's on. Maybe it's on like HBO or something like that. Although I just googled it and it's actually got a showtime at my my Alamo, um, coming up. Ooh,
0: cool! Yeah, I saw it at an Alamo. It was showing at the. It was one of the film cl- club screenings. Yeah, it, it aired
1: actually- at our at our Alamo. I know that for a fact. Yeah,
0: well, it was at the Alamo, and then it left. And then like a month later, it was the film club screening. So I was like, oh, I right. got to see it now because. Oh, missed yeah. The it's first opportunity. Um,
1: so it's definitely on Hulu. OK. I don't know if that means I'm trying to see what it's, if it's through because I have HBO through Hulu as well. So it might be through HBO. But um, yeah, it's definitely on Hulu right now. Like I could I could ter- I could watch it. It appears. So, oh, it's going to be on CNN. Oh. So anyone listening, it's going to be on CNN on January 27th at 9 p.m.
0: Yeah, go see that. Yeah, that's a great way to see it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's you know just another movie we want to plug that um, didn't make the nominees. Also, you know, uh, we mentioned Blind Spotting and um, Sorry to Bother You. Yeah. Those didn't make Absolutely. any of the nominees. Fantastic, really original movies. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially sorry to bother you. What a weird movie that was. And it oh, was great. Wow. It was fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. go check those out too and go check out more of these nominees as well. I mean, they're sure. Most of them are good. Some of them, most are of them serious. you'll at
1: least walk away, understand like there's a reason that it was nominated and it, it's worth discussing why it should have been or why it shouldn't have been. So yeah, at the very least. Um, so There's that. But, you know, it's okay to also seek out other great movies that weren't nominated. Because often a lot of the best are left off. Yeah,
0: and I think that's, you know, part of the fun part of this conversation is we also get to sort of collate a list of all the other great movies of the year. So when all these Oscars are done, we can have some stuff to watch afterwards. But man, we're already getting into 2019. (laughs) gonna have to watch those movies too it's a good thing february is kind of a dead zone
1: yeah i know it's gonna be hard to keep up with current movies and this
0: yeah but we're definitely we're switching the pod mostly over to uh to covering oscars movies we'll try to do some new releases as well as we're able to see them yeah but we'll definitely be covering the whole oscars race um our race to see them and then finally the ceremony when that comes around
1: yeah It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Definitely. So with that, we'll uh, see you at the Oscars.
1: Uh, Oh
0: yeah. Uh huh. I wish we were going. Okay. we there. Academy. Get us in there. Hey, I st- oh. I heard you're still looking for a host. Mm hmm. Academy
1: come on the pot. The whole Academy. Let's do it. Every one of you make it a, make it a fun episode. It'll be crazy. I've got some strong words for some of you, I think. Um, because there's been some mistakes. But let's do it.